Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey, this is Ryan and Brock, and today we're with Dr. J.J. Washington of North American Mission Board. And uh, tell me, Dr. Washington, what does the doctor mean? You delivering babies or uh, performing colonoscopies? <laughs> like, what kind of doctor is what this? What kind of doctor right. is yeah, this? That's funny. That's funny, man. I tell you, I, I'm still just laughing when I hear that because I, I'm just J.J., really. You know what okay. I mean? But uh, but te- people tease me about Dr. Dr. J., you know, the, the basketball <laughs> yep, player yep, yep. and all that. But but. But you can call me JJ, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've been in a new position here yeah. recently. So you work yeah. for a group called the North American Mission Board, yep. um, and and you just help folks share the gospel. And I, I even see right here you're sitting with us. You're about to preach to uh, several hundred pastors from across the state, mm-hmm. and you got an, a, a bracelet on just as an evangelism tool. And so mm-hmm. tell me, why the passion for evangelism in your life? Well, the gospel radically transformed me, mm. and it's the power of God into salvation. Uh, it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Christ, uh, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. And so uh, that's why I'm passionate about it. Um, and so my, my whole thing, when I went to college um, July 2001, going into my sophomore season, uh, that's when I got saved. I played wow. football at North Carolina State University. Okay. Uh, originally from Stone Mountain. Uh, played high school football there. Did well enough to get recruited. Actually got recruited by the Razorback. Really? Hey. And you turned us down. Yeah, man. It was Houston Nut was at the just kind of yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we love Nut. Yeah. Little run. But I uh, went to South Carolina, uh, uh, Maryland, NC State, and, uh, and I committed to NC State. Went there anyway. What position? I played corner. Okay. The little guys that bark but don't really want to bite. And <laughs> oh, so <dude>. uh, <laughs> we look like we want to hit, but we don't. So anyway, I went there. I tore my ACL uh, my, mm. uh, during my sophomore season. So at, during the, after, the, um, after I tore it, I had that surgery, went through rehab, and then during that process, a teammate invited me to a Bible study on campus. Wow. I went, and mainly I was going to go and ask the pastor there that was leading the Bible study to pray for my knee, that it wouldn't re-tear. The sure. new season was coming around, and I didn't want to re-injure it. So, um, so anyhow, I went at the conclusion of the Bible study, went up to the pastor, asked him if he'd pray. He said, hey, let me just clear out the room, and then I'll come back and be glad to pray for you. So anyway, he walked back there. The first thing he said was, J.J., this is not about your knee. Wow. And he asked me if I knew Jesus. And so um, if you would have asked me that, I would have said that I was a Christian. I never sure. doubted Jesus, yeah. never had a problem, just didn't live for him, and I didn't know the gospel. Mm. And so um, I even had a, the cross chain, the jewelry, those yep. were in style, I had the tattoo yeah. on my arm, but he wasn't in my life. And so I told him, I said, sir, I, you know what, I, I don't know Jesus. Wow. And uh, he asked me that I want to give my life to Christ. And so that was in July 2001, that night, I repented of my sins, placed my faith in Jesus, Got connected with athletes in action, FCA, Campus Crusade, and those were, before I knew what discipleship was, Absolutely. that was, they were discipling me. They were investing uh, in they me. They were investing in me. And so within a year after that, I was involved with, you know, the more of the serving in in those sure. ministries and, and teaching and doing Bible studies and preaching on the campus. I was pretty much fire, ignorance on fire at that time. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and had, hadn't been to seminary yet, didn't know much about yeah, exegesis, yeah. hermeneutics, and all that. And so anyway, uh, uh, through that experience, man, I just felt called to ministry. felt like God was calling me to, to ministry. So I finished up, got my degree, uh, moved on. Did you ever step back on the football field? I did. I okay. did. I played two more seasons wow. after that injury. And so um, kind of became – here's a funny story. 
So I used to have cornrows, right? I yep, yep. Cornrows, okay. and 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 before before Christ, they used to call me Lil Wayne because I'm little. <laughs> yeah, and I was little oh, wild, that's wild, awesome. Little tight. And so after that, uh, the movie Remember the Titans came yes. out. And you remember Riv? Uh huh. And so my nickname became Riv. That's wow. what everybody. Wow. <laughs> so that's what everybody used to call me on the football team, Riv. And so that's what they call me to this day. When I go back and I see some of the uh, the guys that played with me, and we run into each other, like yep. Riv, what's up, man? So anyway, so anyway, to answer your question, that's why I'm passionate about it. The, the gospel radically changed my life. Yeah. And so um so anyway. Yeah, one of the things that popped out to me in your story was mm -hmm. you become connected to Christ just through a teammate who's mm -hmm. willing to step out and speak up. I think there's a lot of students, even adults, who are listening to this podcast that, man, they want to do that, right. but there's something that's just holding them back. What do you see in, in students and adults as, as some of the, the main roadblocks, the main hurdles that keep them from sharing their faith, that keep them from making an invite to church? That's a good question. I think the biggest one is fear. Okay. I mean, um, and even today, I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 the culture is becoming less and less friendly to Christians. Yep. We see a lot of that happening. So sometimes it's the, it's the fear, it's the fear of rejection. Um, it's the fear of, uh, you know, being silenced or censored, um, all of that. And also I think sometimes it's just competence mm -hmm. um, that, that a lot of people just struggle with. Okay. How do I even get the conversation going? Sure. And then what do I say in the conversation? Because I'm afraid that I might say the wrong thing or I might not get it quite right or I'm not as eloquent as, you know, my pastor. And he says it so beautifully and I, I can't I can't be him or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. I think sometimes it comes down to that. And then sometimes I think it's on 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 us as leaders in the church that we're not really um, uh, 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 creating that culture by, first of all, providing uh, opportunities to train our folks consistently wow. just having it in the regular rhythms of our church sure. calendar where we're offering training on equipping on how to share the gospel and then also just a culture of just prayer for the lost yeah. and just praying for lost people a lot of times when i'm in churches um the prayer time is a transitional moment it's not an intentional mm -hmm. time of prayer for loss or anything like that and so yeah so you know and those are just some observations and, and sometimes there's there's in some churches there is not even an invitation to come to christ yeah. after the sermon's preached so i always ask myself if I went to this church and I was lost, could I? Mm -hmm. There, there are churches I've been to since I've been working for Georgia Baptist in this role. Because when I was a pastor, I just assumed that everybody did it. Sure. Um, but I've gone to churches and I thought about myself when I was lost. If I'd gone to those churches when I was lost, um, I would have remained lost. There was yep. no invitation wow. to yeah. come and to the you know taste the bread of life. Wow. And so I think those things are are, are critical for helping create that culture. Yeah. So at NAM, what are some of the things that, that you guys suggest, um, tips you give, training you provide to help people overcome fear mm -hmm. and overcome that, that feeling of, of maybe ignorance that, mm -hmm. that they don't have the ability to eloquently share the gospel? You know, uh, one thing I think we try to do with the fear piece is just pushing people to Jesus and, mm -hmm. and being honest with the Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, I'm fearful in this situation. Could you help me? Give me courage. Give yeah. me boldness. And Paul, Paul prayed Paul, for that. He always prayed for it, you know. And even when he was in Corinth, um, in Acts chapter 18, he, 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 it says the Lord came to him and he had this vision. You know, the Lord spoke to him and says, "Listen, don't be afraid. You know, but but speak. Yeah. You know, and he talked about how I have many people in this city. And so even you know, Paul dealt with some of that. Mm -hmm. And and you know, sometimes we want you know, you know. We forget that Paul was a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And so pray, ask God, to, and He'll He'll come through. He'll yes. He'll bring He'll bring you out of that place, because we want it to come from the overflow. Sure. Um, that that there it's just coming out of the overflow, and so that's one thing we just try to do, push people to Jesus. I think far as the uh, the tools piece, 
I mean, we have, you know, you know, you have your three circles, you have your best news, you have your live this. I mean, you can, and there's scores of things out there. There's four spiritual laws. That's what I yep. was mm -hmm. trained on when I was in college. Evangelism explosion. Yeah, explosion. I mean, they're all out there. Scores. So the problem is not necessarily tools. It's the heart. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're just really trying to encourage people, man, walk closely with the Lord, abide in Jesus, and let it come out of the overflow of your intimacy with him. Mm. And, um, and always be ready. And so those are some of the things. I think when it comes to the culture piece, what we're trying to do right now, and we're in the process of doing this, and we hope it will come out around the annual meeting, and, 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 and Shane and his team are working on it so it can be something that can be utilized in the, uh, the youth ministries and college ministries and stuff like that. But it's a, a process, that uh, a pathway to creating that culture. Wow. So we're just big. trying to take the thinking out of it for pastors and just yep. give them the playbook and say, here's, here's the play, just run this play. That's big. Now, one thing that was interesting to me about your story is mm -hmm. you had this ACL tear, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden that started the opportunity for yeah. people to engage you in spiritual mm -hmm. conversation. Now, you may have been open to it outside of that, right. but... That started the opportunity. That and, did. And, and there's sometimes when students that are going through life, uh, man, they just have clear opportunities mm -hmm. to share the gospel, mm -hmm. whether it's tragedy in somebody's life or difficult yeah. situations. Can you help us? How does a person identify those open doors that God yeah. may put in front of them? Man, that's a good question. I think when we're in relationship with people, mm -hmm. and obviously Ray Robinson, who the guy who invited me, was in relationship with me. He knew I was going through a tough time. Yeah. And um, he actually had invited me before, but I, I blew him off. I wasn't wow. interested. You know, yes. I was just doing me. And um, but he, he circled back mm. and he asked me. And I was in that moment dealing with that tragedy. I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah. So I think when you see that, when, when people are going through something in their life and you hear friends share something with you, man, that, that's an open door. And I think being transparent, you know, yeah, for example, if someone comes to you and say, man, you know, my, I just heard my mom and dad are getting a divorce, you know, and I, I really don't know what to do. And you can say, you know what, man, I, it, it really, this, we live in a real broken world. Mm -hmm. and I've gone through things. I've gone through things in my own life that have been very challenging. And, and you know, what I do is I, I pray. I just talk to God about it. I mean, yeah. have you ever considered that? Have you ever talked to God about it? I, I don't really know if I, I, I don't, I don't, what do you mean by that? And then, boom, sure. you just go right yeah. to the gospel. And so... You, you, you just try to listen um, at, for those opening doors. And so tragedy can, 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 can be one of those things as well. Um, it could be things where good things happen, man. It mm -hmm. some come, I mean, I just got an offer from such and such. Man, mm -hmm. that's awesome, man. Ain't the Lord good, man? I mean, he's, he's, he, he, he's so kind to us. Wow. Yeah. And then, boom, you just go. To, so you just always try to just be ready and, yeah. and listen for the open door. And when the door opens go walk right yeah Man, so so word. you mentioned that it wasn't the first time that your friend invited you when no. you said yes mm -hmm. so speak a minute on i think a lot of times when we think about sharing the gospel mm -hmm. maybe it's going out and making a cold call which is is appropriate Perfect. it's needed at times but speak a little bit to earning like that right to be in people's lives about sharing how to how to deal with rejection how mm -hmm. was it important to you that he was a part of your life before and he didn't just kind of show up in the middle of the yeah. tragedy yeah that, that's huge because there was some trust there, yeah, um, and and just a mutual appreciation for each other, and so that that's huge because um, people are usually more receptive when they hear it from someone that they you know that mm -hmm. they've watched and observed and they you know wow. they've done life with. We were teammates, so mm -hmm. we you know we cried together, sweat together, win together, lost together. I mean, so we went through some things together, and so I think that is that is huge, man. I would just say that the most important thing I think is for us to build relationships with people mm -hmm. that are lost, and it's going to be uncomfortable at times, yeah, mm -hmm. because you're going to hear some things, they're going to say some things, 
Listen, they haven't been sanitized. They, they, they don't know the Lord yet. They haven't been sanctified, right? You know, yeah. so the Lord sanctifies us after we come to Christ. And so you got to be comfortable in those type of situations. And um, and no, man, when I'm around lost people, man, this is exactly where the Lord wants me to be right here. Wow. I'm here. I'm here to be a light for the gospel. And they'll notice that you don't say those things. You don't talk that way. You don't enter. And they'll eat. Sometimes they'll ask you. Mm-hmm. And that's an open door. Man, why are you going to do that? What's wow. this? Why? I, and I've noticed this about, and you know, so... Again, it's just a lot of ways to kind of get to the gospel. And JJ, your passion is a, is a parent. Um, you went from being known as Lil Wayne on the football team to being known <laughs> Reverend. as Rev on the football team. And so in your own life, because I think we have a lot of folks who listen to this that they're saying, man, I'm still known as the Lil Wayne. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. I've trusted Jesus, yeah. but there's still mm-hmm. people still know me as these Right. What, what I was before. Yeah. So how did you make that transition with people in your relationships Man, on the team? You know what? It was literally like a light bulb when I when I you know after I got saved in July two thousand one, I got a, my mom bought me a Bible. I started reading it, and I just started devouring that thing, just wow. reading and reading and. and and then I found a local church and got involved in church. And then I said, well, man, I want to serve. And then I, they put me on the cameras. So I had to okay. record. <laughs> and I was, I was a communications major. Yep. And so I had to be there on Sunday morning, Sunday night, mm-hmm. you know, went midweek. And so I was always there. And I even remember a lot of times those sermons, man, it just I just felt the Lord speaking to me as I'm recording. I'd be yep. crying sometimes, you know, trying to make sure I don't <laughs> mess up the shop. But the Lord was dealing with me. And, um, and he was calling me out of stuff. Wow. You know what I mean? And so uh, so that holiness is important, that practical holiness, and, and living uh, the life that Jesus has called us to live, and it gives us credibility with the loss yeah. when we do open our mouth. So that is important. That's an important piece. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's big. Uh, you know, there's something that's shifted in our culture, and, mm-hmm. and maybe it hasn't shifted. We're just more aware of it. But a lot of studies and reports are saying that even Christians, people who claim to be Christians, are more hesitant with the term evangelism. Yep. They're more hesitant with the term conversion. Mm-hmm. And so give us a defense. Like, should we be hesitant about evangelism? Should right. we change our definitions? Uh, right. what, what do we do you with know, that? that's a good question. Because I remember, I, I think it was a Bonner report that came out. You guys might remember this. But I think it said like 40-some percent of millennials. It was close wrong. to half. Something that, that said that it was said wrong to sharing sh- your personal views is wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think it was another one that said like 51% of the church doesn't even know. The, they're not familiar with the term Great Commission. That's right, yeah. You know, some, wow. so, so I think as, as leaders, what we have to do, and I'm glad you brought this up, is we really have to drill down the why. Wow. I know we all, you know, we're like the coach, you know, Here's what. Here's what we're going to do. What we're going to do. But sometimes we assume yeah. that they know why. Mm. But we need to take that time to really unpack that. We're a new creation. Yeah. We're ambassadors for Christ. This is our identity, mm-hmm. right? Just laying that down and, and allowing that to take root in the hearts. And then when you come into, okay, here's what we're going to do, the mission, and here's uh, the, the how we're going to do it, the yeah. tool, three circle, whatever, pick one that's a little bit more holistic. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we're just jumping right to how. We're not even telling what. We're not even telling why. And and I think that's what creates what we see now, where a sure. lot of people don't even know what Great Commission means, and they, they think it's wrong. Do you think that's a culture issue, or is it a pulpit issue? I think it's – that's a great question. I think it's a pulpit issue. Okay. Um, I think that we got to teach the whole counsel of God yeah. and, um, and, and help people to see uh, the mission of God. And understand that God has now given us, the, that we are, the church, custodians of the gospel. Hmm. 
and, 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 and that God has called us to make known the gospel. And so I think that is part of it, just that teaching. And then I think this, this, it's a cultural issue as well, too. And sometimes it's just that it's not a priority. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's, evangelism is usually the first thing to fall off the table mm-hmm. in, the church, in the life wow. of the church. And, 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 and we see scores of churches that have baptized one or zero. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and we're trying to figure out how we can help them turn that around. Wow. You know? That's huge. That's Do huge. you think that's connected with, I feel like, so I've recently moved from a middle school position mm-hmm. to now I'm a campus pastor. I'm preaching to adults weekly. Okay. Um, and probably over the last 20 years, you've, we've seen a shift in, um, language about hell about mm-hmm. eternal punishment mm-hmm. do you think there's a connection between the the maybe de-emphasizing of the afterlife of hell if you don't mm-hmm. believe in jesus and the necessity to evangelize because if you if you don't have this punishment you lose urgency do you that's think exactly man that's good you're right it definitely that 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 you know the whole truth yeah i mean and if we do believe hell to be a real place and that people go there if they don't repent and believe the gospel um, then there will be that urgency, yeah. and 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 lost people will be on our mind. And wow. when we're meeting people, we're going. That's that's usually what's popping up in my mind. When I meet somebody, I'm thinking, man, is, does he know the Lord? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And because you don't you don't want them to perish. Yeah. You know. And I think you're right on with what you just said. If that is not um, um, uh, taught, and people, and if that is um, the you know diminished, then, yeah. then 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 we fall into apathy. It's almost you know? like we've numbed ourselves or desensitized yeah. to the weight of what happens to a person because a lot of times at a funeral even of a non-believer we mm-hmm. think of like oh well they're in a better place yes. but if, if they're not a Christian they yeah. aren't yes, exactly they aren't right. in a better place mm-hmm. so let's say someone's listening they're convinced they need to be more engaged um, you know do they need to go out and buy every single evangelism tool and have their, you know, Batman's utility belt of of evangelistic training? Or do you think it's it's better to just kind of focus on one thing, keep it simple? Is it better to have like a lot of options? Man, I think keeping what, it simple. What's the next step? I think keeping it simple as possible is the key. Mm-hmm. I know pastors that teach a lot of different tools for their church. They want to give them a lot, and that's fine. And I know others that just say, okay, here's our tool. This is the tool we're going to use to train our folks on. Hmm. And they just kind of you know that's the tool they 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 utilize to equip their folks but i think the first step if a person right now is is just cold right now they haven't shared i think it'd be going you know just starting over with you know going to the lord about that say lord i realize this i know i'm supposed to be doing this and just repent and and ask god to help you give you courage give you boldness and then to begin praying for lost people in your lives that you know are lost and then begin in making some intentional steps to share the gospel with them. And you yeah. can even go to them and say, listen, I, I should have had this conversation with you a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. And I apologize that I haven't. Hmm. And just, just fall mm-hmm. on the sword. Wow. And then just, just go right into the conversation. Um, so that's the way to do it. And sometimes I even say this to people. Hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? Now, it's about Jesus, so I understand if you don't want to talk about him, I'll respect that. Yeah. I don't want to play games. I mean, if you don't, if, if that's something that you don't want to do, I respect that. I wait on God's timing mm-hmm. to have that conversation. I'm usually just trying to see Man. if something's happening in the heart there. And I've had people say, "No, that's yeah, yeah, you're fine. Go ahead." And then boom. And if they ever get to a place in the in the, in the conversation where it gets contentious or something like that, I say, "Hey, man, you remember we you said we could have this conversation?" Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, you yeah. off the brakes. But it's okay sometimes just to ask for permission. Wow. Yeah. JJ, you've got an incredible position, opportunity, you get to travel around, speak to churches, pastors, encourage them to put evangelism at the front. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but what would you say to a, a student, whether it's a high school student, a college student, who may think, man, I, you're right, I probably do need to do evangelism, but, but I'm going to wait for that. Yeah. Why is this season of their life so critical to get the good news of Jesus to their friends and family? Man, I found that the older some folks get, the harder it becomes. Wow. Um, and a lot of times when you're in doing life, you know, teen, I got saved in college. You know what I mean? I, yep. I, I was really low-hanging fruit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so, and man, it just, the light bulb just went off. And, and, and I think a lot of times with, with when dealing with youth and stuff like that, and, the state, and a lot of these guys are searching and trying to figure out, make sense of life, and they're seeing things and hearing things, whatever. Man, they're just, they're just ripe. Wow. They're ripe. And, um, and, and a guy like me, I can't. I can't get to them, you know. I can't go into the school. I, I'm, sure. I'm, you know, I'm done with school, right? So, but you're there. You're on the team. You're in the locker room. You know, you, you're doing life together. And I think about this. When I was back at NC State, and I didn't know this. A guy was named Merritt Long. He worked for FCA, hmm. and he would kind of, <laughs> he would kind of like, hey, you need to go talk to Coach Amato now about Jesus. You need to go. You need to go get. He was, cause I was in the locker room. Merritt yeah. couldn't get in the locker room. Yep. You know, so he he, he saw. Hey, I'm gonna ride this wave with JJ. Cause he's right there wow. with the guys, and I thought about that when I became an adult. It's like Merritt was smart, man. I know what he was doing. Now he didn't, he didn't let me in on it, but I know what he was doing. He was he was trying to basically. I was there. I was with the guys, and they're with the guys. Yeah. These young folks. You had that relationship. Guys. Yeah, they had the relationships. And so anyway. Yeah, and there's just that just opening your eyes to who's around you. I I didn't realize until it was after high school that. Man, God had put me with the same people every day mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. Um, and you, those relationships don't exist beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. I, I would just right. say this yeah, to a young a person word. listening, like, man, you got an opportunity in the closeness of relationship mm-hmm. right now that you can you can speak into somebody's life and it matter more mm-hmm. than more than it will later. And if yes. you're in high school or college, you have an opportunity like you probably won't have for the rest of your life sure. because of the people you're around, the That's sports true. that you're playing, the classes that you're going to. Um, this, the fact that you're single, like mm-hmm. you may not ever have a freedom to, to be able to connect. I was at a denial this weekend, uh, got to speak, and uh, the past youth pastor had a student lead their t- give their testimony before mm-hmm. each service. Wow. And this young lady just got up and gave a powerful testimony. And I text the student pastor and I said, "Give the invitation now." <laughs> I was like, "Don't wait yeah. for me. Do it now," because like the students were captivated. Yeah. She had that relationship yeah. with them. So in all your experience. I think a lot of people, maybe one of those things holding them back too is is the response that they're going to get. Yeah. What's the average yeah. response that you get from people when you're sharing the gospel or inviting to church? I get I get a lot of no's. Yeah. I do. I get and I and I listen. I get some I get some green lights too though. Yeah. And I get some maybes, mm-hmm. and those are always awesome, man. You know. And here's here's what I say. And this it the power is not in our speaking ability. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's 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 not in that. The power is the Holy Spirit working upon the hearts of those that we are sharing with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, listen, don't let that be a hindrance. Like Jeremiah said, man, I'm only a youth. Yeah, I can't do this, God. Mm-hmm. Remember that? No. God put his word in his mouth and said, yeah. you go speak. And he did, and God did a work. And so I just would encourage them in that way that, you know, don't feel like you got to be like your pastor, yeah. you know, your youth pastor. You got to, you know, just be you and just share the good news. 
Yeah. Well, from Lil Wayne to the Rev, I, I love it, man. <laughs> JJ, I'm just trusting that God's doing big things in your life, and He's going to use you even even this conference. Uh, JJ's about to preach even after he gets off this podcast. Um, to I don't know, maybe there's probably 700. In, in the guys podcast in that room. title, can we honestly say that we had Lil Wayne on the podcast? <laughs> like, dude, listenerships would go up, comments would go down. Yeah, but here's the thing: I, I don't want to get sued by uh, Lil Wayne's people, so. It'll be good. It'll be good. Well, hey, appreciate you so much. And uh, remember, Lead Defend's just around the corner. So you go to leaddefend.org to find out more information about the conference that's coming up. Come Can't on. wait to see you there. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.